Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. This week, we're going to go ahead and talk about option expiration on the contracts and first notice day that is uh, on its way here, as well as a, a few other uh, bits of housekeeping as well. So, uh, Mike, let's get right into it. This Friday is option expiration for the December grain contract. So, uh, corn uh, and wheat uh, specifically, you do have a uh, uh, an option expiration for uh, December soybeans, but it's not a, a main month. So, let's talk a little bit about that and what uh, what we can expect going into that day. Yeah, so with these larger uh, months expiration, much like you'll see with November beans or December corn, July options, is you'll see a lot of interest come along these option expiration days because you'll obviously see options either expire or exercise into futures contracts, in which case people are getting to offset the position if they don't want a marginal position uh, going forward. So it is a very interesting time frame, and much like we saw on the November this uh, past option expiration is it can get pretty wacky uh on the day of november option expirations i think it was a uh, i think it was a 1070 something along those lines uh call that was going for about a penny at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day it was going closer to 15 cents so you can easily see this market get pushed for no other reason than it's a large contract that is expiring options Okay. Now, what? Uh, uh, where do we have uh, the most uh, open interest on the put or the call side uh, when it comes to corn and beans this year? Is this? Uh, are we near a uh, a big a big number right now, or have we blown blown right through those as we've uh, rallied these markets? Well, it seems that right now you got that 420. That's going to be a main main focus for a lot of people. You got a lot of interest always at this 420 level because we don't typically spend a lot of time around it. Uh, so as of this Friday, you very well might see it's just kind of hang around on this 420 and then make it move one way or another once we get the final open interest come uh, Friday morning of where we can expire the most options. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's look at uh, – uh, give me a, a specific exa- example of how, how this works. When we go into option expiration, let's say we've got a, uh, a, long, uh, a long call. Uh, for corn at the four dollar strike, and we finish. Let's say we finish at four twenty. What happens uh, to that option? Yeah. So if you have a long four dollar call and we're sitting at four twenty, that call will exercise into a long futures contract, and the strike you will be long from is four twenty, and that's where that comes from. You won't say. Uh, let's do another example. Say you got that four dollar call and you bought it for ten cents, and we're sitting at four oh four. Well, you'll still be exercised into a futures from $4, but you won't have the full premium you paid for the uh, call in the position. You only have $0.04. Cents. That is that intrinsic value for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what about uh, – let's go to the other side of it. Let's say I've got a, a sold uh, 420 uh, call. And I we're sitting right at uh, let's say we're sitting at 419 or we're sitting at 420 or 421. What do those uh, uh, scenarios uh, bring for me? Yeah, so if you're sell if you have a short 420 call and you're sitting at 420 come 420 or above come option expiration, that will enter you into a short futures contract from 420. Uh, if you're below, the uh, position will just ex- uh, expire worthless unless the person on the other side of the contract decides that they do want to exercise the contract. Very good. Because that is their 
uh, that is their ability by buying the options contract. Okay. All right. Well, now, uh, what happens as we uh, as we move past this uh, this Friday's option expiration, and then we move towards uh, towards first notice day, uh, and the December uh, contracts uh, become deliverable. What's uh, what's the implication there? So as we get closer and closer to the first notice, you're going to see a lot of spread activity taking place, having people taking their contract and rolling out to deferred month or just getting flat out of the market. Uh, and why they're doing that is so that way they avoid being delivered on. They avoid having to take this 5,000 bushels of grain to uh, a exchange-approved uh, warehouse to either take delivery or uh, deliver the uh, contract that they have, in fact, purchased or sold. Okay, but the the, the delivery risk uh, in the immediate term, uh, right after, right as of first notice and and uh, up until expiration of that contract, is more so to the to the long side. There's no true delivery risk or having to make delivery uh, when it comes to the short side. Correct. Right. The only risk on the short side is as we go farther and far, deeper and deeper into uh, first notice and uh, into that delivery period, the less and less contracts are going to be sitting there. So it's going to become more volatile and more open to whoever has the more money, larger position, uh, being able to hold out against the other. And that's where your risk on the short side will lie is you could get some volatile moves that go against you and you don't have a lot of liquidity in that market. Uh, the closer and closer you get to expiration of the contract to really get something you really want out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we step into the uh, to the next uh, uh, grouping of where uh, where we want to take this uh, this conversation, which is is talking specifically about seasonals and what we do going into uh, say the end of November, the beginning of December, and into the end of the year, let's talk a little bit about. Um, what you see out of the gap higher in corn and beans last night, what does that tell you as you're looking at the charts? So what it tells me is that trade is still looking to be in here and trading with the trend. We could be getting to a point of extreme greed, in which case you're going to be wanting to look to dial back uh, your extreme bullish expectations up here. But you able to keep that gap open you might be looking at it as an opportunity to be buying against on spec trade if we do get a setback to it but as of right now it's just showing me that trade is remaining bullish we got a uh, commitment of trades report that showed that funds were getting back to a very bullish uh tone with their bullish sentiments at 99 percent uh and them dialing back corn a little bit but at this point it seems like corn is just riding the coattails of this bean market well, and you pointed something out um, uh, about that uh, that commitment of traders report where we were seeing sellers, uh, but we also were seeing buyers uh, on that. Can you explain what uh, what you were seeing on, on that uh, or what was reported last week? Yeah, so you had the corn bullish sentiment go from 90% to 87%. And what most people would look at is they're looking at the net position. But if you dive into it a little bit more, they actually show managed money that is long and managed money that is short in two different categories. So this past week, you saw the net position shrink in their long position, but you didn't see the long side of the equation liquidating. You actually saw longs adding a little bit to the long side but you also had shorts adding a little bit to, or adding more to the shorts than you saw the longs adding to the long positions so that was interesting to see that neither side 
was giving up on their bets last week. In fact, they were both adding to it just at different uh, increments. Now, is it possible that uh, they could be uh, they could be spreading off some risk uh, because of that? Uh, it, or is it like putting it into, say, uh, a deferred contract? Or is this all specifically the upfront contracts that they're that they're trading in and out of? Well, it's going to be a little bit difficult for us to exactly show what the managed money is in uh, as much as the index funds, which are going to be taking a uh, interest in what's being traded the most. Uh, so mm -hmm. you sh should expect it to be where open interest lies the most, but you could also see them in back months. I can't tell you exactly which months these managed money funds are sitting in. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, let's go and uh, and take a look at the seasonals here. And, uh, um, you know, I, I have customers that will call me up uh, uh, every year as we get closer to uh, to Thanksgiving. They say they want to do the uh, uh, the turkey trade, uh, which uh, to them is buying beans uh, heading uh, after Thanksgiving and into uh, and hold on to it until about Christmas. What are you seeing seasonally uh, that we should be uh, we should for? How do we typically uh, see these markets move? Well, typically they're completely right. You see these beans uh, run lower into the uh, last trading day of November beans, which we've seen, and then they start to gravitate higher going into December. So typically and seasonally, that is a great thing to be looking at. Uh, for corn, you typically see it uh, drift lower into first notice day before rebounding and seeing some of your tightest basis on uh, that December 10th time frame. So seasonally, we do drift lower into mid-November before bouncing back up slightly into December. Uh, but that's also something we should be very careful of because as we've seen on the bean and corn market, there's not a lot of drift lower at this point, And this whole year has been a little bit counter-seasonal. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about our, uh, our favorite uh, uh, – contract here the uh, the wheat contracts um we have a more pressing need uh to uh to start talking about uh, uh risk uh in the wheat because uh, obviously we've got uh, uh that contracts or those uh, those new contracts uh, go off in june so we harvest that a little bit earlier than obviously corn and beans what are we uh, what are we thinking as we uh, look at the wheat uh, contracts uh, as we move forward um is there is there that significant risk of uh, seeing things back off and do we need to make sure that we're uh we're looking at the the hedge side of things or can we just leave it be for right now so the interesting thing for wheat is it, it really seems like it wants to run lower and you're starting to see some timely rain, some other things to help out the, the supply problem we've been facing that's been rallying these wheat. And that's definitely something to be worried about is that it was a supply-based rally, not a demand-based rally. Like we're seeing out of corn and beans right now, it's all demand pull, which is keeping a longer-term rally. Uh, so if you do, say, see China come in here and start canceling something on corn and bean side of things, that could be the thing that finally lets wheat just do what it wants to do uh, and go towards a f more economic value, which is below where we're currently sitting at. Um, so it should be a time to say, hey, am I needing to take risk off the table? Um, is this a profitable level for me? And can I make this work at these levels and have those conversations with your banker, with your broker and see 
where is my risk line and can I can I help reduce that at this point? Very good. Now, do we get uh, do we get a little bit worried uh, as we move towards the uh, the holidays here? Obviously, uh, what is it next week already is uh, is Thanksgiving. Um, as we move into these holidays, do we get worried about the the idea that uh, maybe the volume starts to uh, to pull out of this out of these markets and and we start to back things off? Or does that lend itself to maybe a little extra volatility? I would go so more or more so with the volatility aspect of it. As we see the lower volume, uh, like we talked with the uh, contracts as they get closer to expiration, the less liquidity, the more each individual trade means uh, in in strength. So if you have 10 contracts, but a thousand are trading, you're going to have less power than if you're trading 10 contracts and only a hundred are trading. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that should be something to keep an eye on and maybe trade not doing what it needs to do or should do, but doing what the spec traders are doing because they have a little bit more power with the lower volume trade. Okay. Well, as we uh, as we uh, wrap things up here, Mike, uh, anything that, uh, you know, obviously these markets are uh, look friendly for corn and beans. Um any uh, anything out there that uh, you need to uh, that we need to address from a uh, a risk standpoint, or not so much a, you know on the trading side of things, but where does our risk lie with these uh, with these bullish markets? As of right now, um, a lot of people's risk still lies to the downside, but more so out to next year. Uh, we're seeing that it's just a bull market right now, and a lot of people have sales on the books, so you could be looking at finding some long positions at this point, potentially seeing this continue its upwards trend. Um, but the risk does forever lie for a lot of our clients to the downside. You got the field uh, that's unpriced and that's where you make your money. And what uh, do, do we have anything, you know, kind of on the horizon that could uh, could adversely affect us uh, in these uh, these bull markets? And obviously, you know, we continue to talk about uh, COVID, um, China. It, it, is there something that stands out to you that we need to be uh, we need to be paying close attention to? I think we are needing to be paying attention to these ADM sales as well as the export sales on the uh, every Thursday if there's not a holiday and seeing if we do continue to make these sales or if you start to see these cancellations, I think that's going to be the large thing to watch for is with this demand pull. If we start seeing a flood of cancellations coming in, say, cause China's looking to renegotiate the deal, whatever it may be it, that's, that's probably going to be what, what scares trade into an emotional, emotional profit taking. And it should be it should be noted as we've uh, as we record this uh, this podcast, um, we did have a sale uh, of corn to uh, to Mexico uh, today, but uh, that's the first sale that we've seen in a week, and we haven't seen a a bean sale, uh, a reportable bean sale uh, since last uh, last Monday, so right before the USDA report. So. Um, you know, not to say that uh, China is pulling out of the market uh, by any means or shifting over to uh, Brazil at this point, but that would be a concern, like you're mentioning about the 8 a.m. sales for the weekly numbers, is that even if they aren't canceling, but if they're not showing up, that could be another red flag to watch for. Mm-hmm. Potentially something that just at least levels out trade for a little bit, right. especially if we go into that lower volume trade. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So for this week for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg and Pride. If you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 800-262-7538. But have a great week out there. 